The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We know that you want to live an inspired and fulfilling life. Maybe there are a few things that you need to get you there. Welcome to What Matters with your host, Mary Beth Lodge. In today's world of distractions, we can get overwhelmed with day-to-day responsibilities that keep us busy, frustrated, and confused. With an emphasis on the power of the mind and drawing on the fields of personal health, education, neuroscience, business, and spirituality, we'll discuss practical strategies to help you stay focused on your priorities, choices, and results. Now, here is Mary Beth Lodge. Good morning. How are you today? Thank you for joining me today on What Matters. Today is an opportunity for you to make a difference. Can you do that? Can you make a difference in the world around you? Can you find a way to be a positive light in your world today? Can you make a change inside yourself that carries ripples of positive change into the lives of those around you and well beyond that? And you know, no matter what that change is you make, no matter how small it is, it does reverberate through the lives of the people around you. No matter what you do, it does make a difference. So for this hour, here's what I'm asking you to do. Yep, you know the drill. You have created the world you live in, so how can you change the things that you want to change? How do you apply this to you, not your significant other, your best friend, your child, your parent, or your coworker? Just you. Yep, you can share the information. You can talk to other people about it, but ultimately, you are the only person you can really change. And you are the person you're responsible for. You are the person that can truly make a difference. And I know you're busy. We are all busy. That's okay. We lead very busy lives, and we like that. Yeah, I specialize in busy. But sometimes busy means distracted. Sometimes we lose focus and walk away from the goals, the things that are important to us. So I'm asking you this morning, are you taking for granted the people in your life and the actions that are most important to you? How do you spend your energy? Is it on things that matter or things that, in the greater scheme of things, don't really count? So when you spend your time, do you think about the impact that that choice will have? How do you touch the lives of the people you meet? Do you create sunshine wherever you are? This morning, it's a bit rainy in my part of the world. We need to make some sunshine. So let's make our own sunshine. What are you grateful for today? You know, I'm noticing this week little things that I'm grateful for. There is a peacefulness that is settled into my house. Maybe it's the fall weather or the cool temperatures at night and the pleasant days. But something has created just a quietness in my house that is very, very peaceful. 
Perhaps it's really just that the cats have all called a truce. I don't know. And this week I am noticing the little things around me. I'm enjoying the flavor of homemade applesauce coupled with homemade yogurt. And it's so very satisfying. I'm enjoying the sound of a quiet morning. Sunday mornings are my favorite in my neighborhood because everything is very still. And there's been the scent of a campfire and the beautiful colors of chrysanthemums in bloom. And yes, we've had a bit of rain. And yet, for fall, it was a warm rain that gave a very pleasant feeling of freshness in the air. So what are you grateful for? I'm wondering about that today. Our guest this morning is Dr. Raul Morin. He's a pediatrician in solo practice at Clinchfield Pediatric and Behavioral Health. He's been a board-certified pediatrician for 36 years and has been recognized as a fellow of the American Academy of Pediatrics in 1978. Dr. Morin resides in Kingsport, Tennessee, and he's served in jail ministry since 2005 in Sullivan County Jail and Washington County Detention Center. He recently conducted research on childhood obesity using a pilot study model, and he's here today to share those results with us. Good morning, Dr. Morin. Good morning, Mary Beth. How are you? I'm great. Good. Well, give me a little bit of background on this study. Um, How did this come to be? In March of this year, um, there was a notification by the American Academy of Pediatrics of a program for fighting obesity in children. It's called the HEAL program, which stands for Healthy Eating and Lifestyle. That program was... uh, president at the Children's Hospital in Johnson City, which is about 20 miles from here. It was a four-hour program. Um, it required uh, uh, a Saturday morning, and I attended it, and the thing that surprised me the most is there were only two pediatricians there, myself and a pediatrician from Middle Tennessee who drove hours to be there. Um, there were nurse practitioners, um, there were school nurses, but only two pediatricians. In this Tri-Cities area, which is northeast Tennessee, southwest Virginia, there must be 40 or 50 pediatricians available to attend that. And yet, myself and another guy were the only ones that attended. A month later, um, I was asked to um, come to a program sponsored by uh, Bob and Charlene McGough. They're good friends and Bible study with. And it was concerning a product called X2O, which is extreme water. Um, Zuma Worldwide is the corporation that uh, 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 does this, has this available for people, and along with many other products. But um, what interests me in that was that they talked about uh, the fact that this product, which is derived from coral from Okinawa, coral that's mined 200 feet below the ocean surface, so it's pristine, um, actually was beneficial in um, health of human beings. In Okinawa, there are 29% of the population that live to over 100 years of age. Their water comes from uh, estuaries that that run through coral, if you dig a hole there in the soil, it actually is a milky color to the water because of all the calcium and magnesium that's present, along with 70 other trace elements. 
the the number of Americans that live beyond 100 years of age is 3%. So that struck me. And, and the fact was that I'd read an article in a medical journal just a week before that talking about uh, cures for Alzheimer's or treatments for Alzheimer's. And they showed that if you take DHA, uh, which is uh, a derived from algae, um, along with vitamin D3, that if you place that mixture in with amyloid plaques of patients that had Alzheimer's disease, that the, that combination would actually destroy the plaques. So it was one of those aha moments. And I'm going, you know, when I graduated from medical school in 71, there was no such things as Alzheimer's and there was no such thing as autism, and yet those things have become prevalent to the point of being epidemics in our society. And I was asking myself, well, why in the world is this happening? And I, I believe sincerely that it's related to things like artificial sweeteners, aspartame, uh, which turns to formaldehyde in your body. I think that's toxic. Um, and GMOs, which are foods that are raised, uh, seeds that are sold by Monsanto that are genetically modified. What farmers do is they spray their fields with um, Roundup, and these seeds are resistant to Roundup. So you have a crop with no weeds in it, and if insects bite into the seed uh, that produce, like corn, their stomachs blow up, <laughs> so it kills them. So you've got pristine vegetables, wheat, that type of thing. And then I saw another article that related Roundup to possible incidents of autism because there's been a, a direct link between the use of Roundup and the increase in autism in our country. So I, I, after exposure to the Zuma product and after being on it for two months and seeing the results with weight loss, improved health, better sleep, lower blood pressure, I decided that I would do this uh, study on obesity in children because almost 35 to 40 percent of my Medicaid patients were morbidly obese, and almost a third of them were on metformin for metabolic syndrome or type 2 diabetes. Can I ask about that? I mean, yeah. that, you know, as, you know, I come from a, a medical background, too, as a nurse, and there was at no point in any of my training and in any of my practice that I saw children on metformin. Right. It didn't exist. Type 2 diabetes was known for the last um, 35, 40 years as adult-onset diabetes. In other words, it happened in obese adults. It didn't happen in children. Children had type 1 diabetes, which was usually they had it from birth or they developed in the first 5 to 10 years of life. And, of course, that is an insulin deficiency, whereas metabolic syndrome or type 2 diabetes is excessive insulin. The problem is that it's not effective. It doesn't allow sugar to enter cells. That's what insulin is supposed to do. And when you have an acid environment in your body, that tends to create insulin resistance. So the insulin can't do what it's supposed to do. So you've got all this extra sugar circulating in your bloodstream, and the body says, aha, I'll just deposit that as fat. So you get increased belly fat. And you find that these kids just get bigger and bigger and bigger, adults as well. It's mm -hmm. a real problem in our society. Mm -hmm. Now, there are a lot of contributing factors. Um, you know, you could look at it and say, well, uh, it's related to 
diet. We've got fast foods and soda pop and things like that and fruit juices and all of those are acidic. Diet Coke has a pH of 2 and our body pH, a neutral pH, is 7.35. The X2O water that we used in the study has a pH of 9.9. So you're creating creating an alkaline environment, which helps reverse the insulin resistance, and we ended up proving that in our study. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The other thing that contributes, you know, is video games and cell phones and sitting around watching TV and eating potato chips. The TV and the video games have become our babysitters in our society, and that's a problem, as well as physical education. Most schools around here have PE for maybe... 45 minutes a week, once a week. And oh. that just, when I went to school, we had PE twice a day, morning and afternoon. We went out and played, you know, and there's no family exercise anymore. Families don't do things together. They don't even eat together anymore, which is a real problem. Well, then, so. and then you get into the cycle of, of when families don't eat together, that's right. an indication that nobody's cooking. Yeah, and exactly. if nobody's cooking, what what food is being provided? Where is it coming from? I have a sign on my door that leads out of my office. It says, "The reason kids are obese is that hamburgers are ninety nine cents and salads are four dollars and ninety five cents." Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and there's a there's a study that was done that said if you drink four cans of soft drinks a day, that equates to sixty two pounds of weight gain per year. I think you better repeat that one for our listeners. Four cans of soft drinks a day equates to an increase in weight of 62 and a half pounds a year. Okay, got that. <laughs> it's a problem, and it's related to acidity and this uh, insulin resistance that is so prominent in our society today. And I, I think one of the things that, um, you know, I can just hear the, the resistance in someone's mind as they're listening, saying, well, I don't drink... Um, sugared soft drinks. I drink diet soft drinks, so that 62 pounds doesn't apply to me because there's no calories in that. It's even worse, believe it or not. I have a study hanging on my wall that talks about sweeteners causing uh, weight gain of significance. People think just because it has aspartame or uh, Splenda in it that it's not going to be fattening, but it is. It's still, it's still even though there are no calories involved. The body interprets it as being sweet, and so there is insulin release related to it. So that's a misconception. The other misconception is that bottled water is good for you. You know, The problem is bottled water has a pH of 5, most of it 4.5 to the best is Nestle's, which has a pH of 6. But again, our bodies need alkaline intake and, and water. And I, I think if people understand what you're saying, water is supposed to be neutral. Water is supposed to have a pH of 7. Tap water does. That's required by the federal government. Right. So so your tap water has a better pH than anything you can buy in a bottle. Exactly. Exactly. And and yet when you walk into a grocery store now, the amount of bottled water that's on shelves is almost as much as the soda pop. Yes. And people think, well, I'll, I'll drink this and I'll add a little bit of Mia or one of those sweeteners to it. Well, the MIA increases, decreases the pH. So if you have a bottle of water with a pH of 5 and you add MIA, it goes down to, to 4 or even 3.5. Mm-hmm. It makes it more acidic mm-hmm. and more of a problem as far as insulin resistance is concerned. Right. So, Dr. Morin, um, we have just about 
three minutes here before we go to a break. And I'm wondering if um, you can talk a little bit about the the healthy eating and living uh, lifestyle education program. Of what does that consist of? What um, what were the guidelines kind of that were given to children uh, in this study? Right. Uh, it consists of uh, a five two one zero program. It's called five two zero way to go, and that means five fruits and vegetables a day, every day. Two hours of TV, computer time, video games, smartphones, that type of thing. Only two hours per day of that. One hour a day of physical exercise and no sugary drinks. Zero is for no sugary drinks. And that includes fruit juice. Mm-hmm. Fruit mm-hmm. juice is high in calories. And a lot of times it has um, sweeteners. Uh, sweeteners added to it or um, fructose sugar, the, the corn fructose sugar, which is right. terrible for your health. Right. Um, so the other the other part of it is um, the program called You Are What You Eat, and it has three groups of foods: go, slow, and whoa. The go foods you can eat every single day. The slow foods you should eat once or twice a week, and the whoa foods you should not eat at all. And under those whoa foods are things like cheese, whole milk, bacon, hot dogs, hamburgers, French fries, though the standard stuff, you know, cookies, uh, pancakes. Um, again. In our study, the unfortunate thing was that we did a food diary where they would bring in what they ate each day of the week, and we saw them every two weeks. And so many of the children were having hot dogs for lunch and hamburgers for dinner. You know, I mean, and and I would point out to them, well, hey, you know, on the Go Slow or Woe program, you're not supposed to be eating those things. You know, they're off limits. And um, we had... Uh, Basically, a lot of parents had just dropped out because they weren't willing to make those changes in the child's diet. I looked at the uh, menu of the school menus. That comes from the parent not changing their own diet. Exactly. Exactly. And it's very difficult. Unfortunately, we have a lot of parents where eating is a family sport, (laughs) you know. Mm -hmm. They've got Mm -hmm. all the wrong things in the pantry and the kids... You know, during the summertime, it was a problem because they had free access to those foods in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yes. well, we got we got school time, and then I looked at the menu for the high school in our in our town, and you know, they got sausage biscuits and gravy biscuits for breakfast. They've got hamburgers, meatballs, tater tots for lunch, pizza, buffalo wings. I mean, you know. It's just, and and I thought that, you know, that Mrs. Obama was going to change things as far as school menus were concerned, but it sure hasn't changed. Yeah, one of the things that um, I encountered ages ago when I was doing adolescent treatment was we had repeated conversations with the nutritionist or the dietitian about the meals that were offered, and she she finally just looked at us in frustration one day and said, if we put the things you want on the menu, the kids won't eat them. Exactly. They want the French fries. <laughs> and, exactly. You know, so it you know it starts very early and very young. It isn't just about what we provide. Really. <laughs> All right. So we need to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk some more um, specifically about the findings that you had um, with the the children in your study. Right. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. 
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our guest this morning is Dr. Raul Morin. He is um, a a board-certified pediatrician, um, and a fellow of the American Academy of Pediatrics. Um, Dr. Morin is in Tennessee in private practice, and he is the author of a study on childhood obesity. And Dr. Morin, we've been talking about kind of the the contributors to childhood obesity, and you know, you've already given us some really amazing content. I wonder if we can uh, go into kind of that whole aspect about um, fast food and and the the contribution that fast food has made to our lives. <laughs> one of the um, one of the interesting things that's occurred is that these fast food restaurants now have to uh, put their calorie counts um, available to people to look at. Unfortunately, most people don't look at them. Um, when we look at the estimated caloric needs of children, particularly uh, between the ages of 14 and 18, it's around 1,800 calories for girls and 2,200 calories for boys. One Whopper with cheese, medium fries, and a medium Coke is 1,300 calories. So one meal is like uh, 80 to 90% of what that young lady should be eating in the whole day. That doesn't include breakfast and supper. And then you look at uh, a Happy Meal, which a lot of our younger kids are eating, with small fries and 1% low-fat milk, and it's 640 calories. And that, those children uh, require, you know, maybe 1,200 calories a day, and they're getting half of their daily intake with just a Happy Meal. And parents just don't understand. They think it's healthy because it's a small fry and 1% low-fat milk. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and that... Uh, that is also, uh, you know, uh, again, we get into the, the commonality. If you had a Happy Meal on rare occasions, mm. if it were a treat, 
it wouldn't be a big deal. But if it's every day. Exactly. And it looks like at school they can choose that every day at lunch, which is crazy. (laughs) But that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, as we've talked a little bit, and and there is – you sent me that wonderful – chart that kind of does the comparison of different um, fast food meals, what their calorie intake is, what their their fat content is, their carbohydrate um, content, that kind of thing. And I did post that. Um, I was able to put that onto the blog that's on my website. So people can actually um, go there. Our listeners can go there and and look at that and, and kind of get a sense of, you know, all and and you took pretty much everybody, every different fast food folks out there, right. and pulled one meal that would typically be eaten by our children, um, and just gave a comparison. Right. Um, you also compared that to the um, the Metabolize Shake Mix, which is a, a meal replacement shake. Um, and and compared both the cost of it and also the calories of it, um, right. and, and what the difference difference there was in in terms of choices that people could make. Right. Um, when we're talking about um, just uh, again just a little bit more on the the problem of of childhood obesity, uh, give me some statistics because uh, you know that that stuff is pretty amazing and especially for you you're in Tennessee. And right. ten- Tennessee doesn't have real good health statistics. <laughs> no, we don't. We're fourth in the country for childhood obesity, and that's not a good statistic. That means that there's only three more states that are fatter than we are. There was a recent report that came out from the um, CDC talking about the fact that uh, the, for the first time there was a sign of dropping in childhood obesity said a third of U.S. children and teens and more than two-thirds of adults are obese or overweight. And 18 states showed at least a slight improvement. 19 states remained the same. Three states, however, increased their rates of obesity. They were Colorado, Pennsylvania, and Tennessee. So we're not going down. We're going up in the state of Tennessee. And uh, it's, it's just, you know, it's frightening. This is mm-hmm. going to be the first generation of children. Listen carefully now. The first generation of children that will not outlive their parents. They will die before their parents do. Mm-hmm. And it's because of type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. If you see people that are on renal dialysis, the main cause for renal dialysis and kidney failure in this country is type 2 diabetes. It affects microvasculature. I'm sure people have seen on TV the signs of um, the nerve damage that occurs in feet and them having to take medication because they've got pins and needles in their feet from type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes affects your heart, your brain, your kidneys, um, your small blood vessels, so you're increasing incidence of strokes, heart attacks, kidney failure, uh, high blood pressure, elevated cholesterol and triglyceride levels. It's a real problem in our country. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely preventable it is it's totally preventable it's not genetic like type 1 diabetes or you know it's it's preventable and it's all related to the caloric intake of kids 
and uh, the the fact that they're not moving and exercising like we used to. I mean, our mom would send us out after school, and we wouldn't come back in until it got dusk, you know, and mm-hmm. she'd ring a bell, and then we came for dinner. Um, we were playing. We were we didn't have video games. TV was only on three hours a day in the 50s, you know, the early 50s. Mm-hmm. And so we were, you know, we, we, we exercised. We rode our bikes. We played hopscotch, uh, Foursquare, you know, all those hide-and-seek, all those things that that are not occurring anymore. Mm-hmm. In the packet that we gave our parents was um, were a number of, of handouts talking about what they could do. In addition to the 5210 plan and the You're What You Eat plan, we, um, we had dieting myths, just things that people, you know, take for granted that are not true. We had 30 ways for kids to lose weight. We had a, the glycemic index so that people understand the difference in glycemic index. Of course, most of us are aware of NutraSweet system, which is low glycemic foods. And mm-hmm. we had handouts on four types of exercises for children, 10 ways that a family can exercise together. And I want to mention one thing. There's an um, Internet site called FitDeck, F-I-T-D-E-C-K.com. And FitDeck um, has this neat game that, that parents can play with their children. It's a stack of cards, and they pick a card, and it might say, do five push-ups or, you know, or do this or do that. Uh, it's a way of having fun at the same time of getting the exercise in. We also included information on metabolic syndrome in children, we include the X2O extreme water analysis, what's in it, okay? And then a handout on mineral depletion in food, comparing 1940 to 1991 and showing that there's been significant decrease in uh, around 30, 30% to 40% in some cases of minerals and vitamins in our food sources. And that's because we've depleted the, the ground that we plant in of those minerals and vitamins. It's one reason the Okinawans have an unlimited source of those trace minerals because it comes up through their soil from the aquifers, the coral aquifers. So it's different here. We, we plant on the same land. Sometimes we don't even rotate crops. We just put down the Roundup and plant the grain, the Monsanto grain, and what you get is what you get. But the vitamin and mineral content of those foods is down significantly from 1940. Mm-hmm. So let's move to the results, Dr. Morin. Right. You you started. Um, you wanted to set up thirty children. I did. Um, yeah. You didn't. Um, your screening didn't result in that number being no. uh, participants. So you right. started out with nineteen children. Tell us. Tell us about the course of the study and what happened. Uh, during the course of the study, we when when the end point came around, and this ran from June fifteenth to August fifteenth. The three groups were children that had a BMI over the 99th percentile and had metabolic syndrome, which means they had elevated fasting insulin levels or elevated fasting blood sugars. Um, The second group was between the 85th and 95th percentile with no evidence of metabolic syndrome. And the third group was a control. They just drank four bottles of water a day. The first group and the second group both drank four bottles of water a day with two sachets of the extreme water added. One sachet went for two bottles, and then the second sachet went for the second two bottles of water. We supplied them with the product and with the water to drink. So they had um, uh, the same source of water for everybody. We didn't want to just let them use tap water because tap water varies from county to county. 
So this way, everybody was uniform. Mm -hmm. And the results um, actually came out very favorable. We only ended up with three kids in each group. So it's a small study and limited. But I think the results are significant. In our red group, which is the worst case scenario of metabolic syndrome in children over the 99th percentile for BMIs, there was a 5% decrease in weight, a 14% decrease in waist circumference, a 5% decrease in their BMI, an 8% decrease in total body fat, and a 5% increase in muscle. Their blood and sugar fasting was down 5%, and their hemoglobin A1C came down 5%. And, and I want to hear people um, actually get like the numbers of weight loss because that red group was was really the most impressive it was they, the most impressive and they they had the the most to gain from this study in that they were heavier to begin with and they also were on metformin and so their average weight loss in pounds uh-huh. was over a pound a, a week it was right? over a pound a week it actually was uh 12.5 pounds during the study combining those three kids and dividing that amount. We had one young lady that lost 13 and a half pounds, um, and she had the greatest decrease. Her, her uh, hemoglobin A1C went from 6 to 5.6, which is normal. So normal. So abnormal <laughs> condition to a normal condition. Yeah. Um, that young lady, though, she was interesting because she lost almost all of her weight early, and then... You said she went no, on vacation. That was, that was not the same one. That was oh, another okay. child. Yeah, that okay. was a two hundred and thirty two pound fourteen year old. Okay. And she yeah, she she lost uh thirteen pounds right from the get go on uh, the first two weeks of the study, then went on vacation and when she came back she had regained three fourths of that. And then she sort of smoldered along. I thought she was gonna be our biggest loser, but she wasn't actually. Mm-hmm. We had mm-hmm. another child that, that did better than she did. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then that the the blue group, their average weight, without they didn't have the, the same interventions on that second group. They their, had the water and the and the product. They had both water and the product, mm-hmm. and they only had a one percent decrease in their weight. Their waist circumference went down one point five percent. It'd probably be easier if I just gave you those numbers. Okay, um, for example, in the red group. Um, we had, get that together here, we had the one young lady that lost the most, lost seven inches off her waist circumference in the two months of the study. Now, you have to remember, this is summertime, so kids had access to food, so they could have cheated, and some of them did, and then, of course, the parents weren't really compliant in following the directions. This uh, this mother of this young lady, though, was the most compliant. She went from 191 pounds at 13 years of age, she was black female, down to 177 pounds. Mm-hmm. That was a 7% decrease. Her waist circumference went from uh, 45 and a half inches to 37 inches. That was 7 and a half inches of loss, which was almost 17% of her a decrease in her, her uh, waist size. Her body what, went down almost ten percent. What did you see in internally on her? Did you see a shift in how she thought about herself? Or absolutely, she was so proud of herself, and that was what was so great about this one particular young lady and her brother. Both were in the study. Um, 
they really got it, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they read the handout. She was walking every day and exercising um, and, and really wanted to lose the weight. Mm-hmm. And, and her BMI, if you, if you looked at the graph on the chart, it went down three inches. It went down from two inches above the 99th percentile down between the, 90th, the 85th and the 95th percentile. So she had a mm-hmm. tremendous decrease in her BMI. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and again, that's what we were looking for. And, of course, there were just three kids in that, that group. But still, on average, they all did well right. um, losing right. weight. The, the youngest group were the, were the green group, the, the placebo group. They were between the 85th and 95th percentile for their BMIs. But we could not measure their body fat because the scale we used was not accurate less than 10 years of age. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we couldn't um, we couldn't really diagnose any body fat loss or muscle increase with them. But they did again, lose some weight. They did lose. They they went. Um, they lost two point four pounds on average for the total group, and divided by three is point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a decrease of one percent basically right. in their weight. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And close to one and- percent in their waist circumference. Did you see in the in the group in, in the the young people who were compliant mm-hmm. and um, and that had positive results? Did you see a ripple effect? Did you see the parents thinking in healthier ways? Did you see the parents weight changing? And maybe just you know serendipitously they reported that to you. I know you didn't. That wasn't a part of the study, but we didn't measure the parents' weight. But I think it's. I think it is a ripple effect. I think when they saw that their children's waist circumference decreased by five to seven inches, that they were impressed. And these are, I mean, these are, excuse the phrase, porkers. <laughs> these mamas were big, okay, mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. over 300 pounds, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and so I think there was hope for them that, you know, if they followed this program, particularly with the hydration that was so important, and, and, and emphasizing tap water, not bottled water. Right. Um, that 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 would help them in the long haul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I guess in in looking at kind of the outcome of this, um, that uh, although there was a very large dropout rate, yes, the for those children who right. had some kind of support, somebody who was saying, "Yeah, let's do this. Let's get this going." And perhaps providing different selections of foods in the household, and the child themselves being motivated and excited about these changes, there was success. There was success, and I and I can't emphasize enough not just the hydration with the minerals in the X two O product, but also the exercise and plate size. There's uh, there's evidence that if you go from a regular plate, you know, a, a, a dinner plate. To a salad mm-hmm. plate, that that makes a big difference. A lot of it's visual, mm-hmm. okay. And you you get this plate and you load it up with food, a regular dinner plate, versus a salad plate. You're going to put a third less food on that salad plate. And the neat thing about weight loss is that as you eat less, your stomach shrinks, okay, and it it actually is satiated. The the stretch fibers in the stomach are what determine if you're satiated or satisfied. Now, I might add that liquids don't satiate you, okay? They they don't affect 
make your appetite less. Okay, they actually may increase it some because your body craves sugar in this vicious cycle. And so they're empty calories. Um, you know, and so it's really important to stress hydration with water, tap water, uh, mm-hmm. these kids, and using a smaller plate, avoiding artificial sweeteners completely. Okay, mm-hmm. and, um, and just having the whole family involved because it can't be just the kids. It's got to be the parents as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Moran, we need to take another break, and uh, when we come back, we'll we'll talk some more about the conclusions here. All right. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our guest is Dr. Raul Morin, and he has been talking with us about childhood obesity and uh, an amazing study that he conducted in his own practice um, that showed that um, you can have positive results, uh, that this is not a, a given. We can make a change uh, in what we do with our children and really affect their lives in a positive way. I think one of the things that I'm, I'm hearing repeatedly from you, Dr. Morin, was kind of the frustration um, of not having parents who would engage with the study. And I'm wondering if that, um, in your mind, leads us to it. it's beyond the level of education that you were able to provide in your practice, but that there is a much deeper level of um, education and engagement that would have to occur to get greater compliance with this type of a study. Right. We provided 10 different handouts on uh, diet, on what they eat, ways to lose weight, ways to exercise, and they Mm -hmm. would come in with their file folder 
and I could tell. I mean, you can tell if a piece of paper has been looked at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It wasn't even looked at. I mean, it right. was still in the pristine condition it was when I gave it to them. Right. Indicating and, that in spite of having the tools that they needed to be successful in the study and take advantage of this for their own children, they didn't take advantage of the information that was provided. Mm-hmm. So um, then, you know, to me that just says, okay, the next time, we have to do something totally different in terms of education. We have to sit down with them for have face to face or in in classes, and we have to we almost have to intervene first with the parents in terms of education choices, those kinds of things. And it, you know, and this is not the first time that I've heard this. A, a year ago, we had uh, another group that that did a, um, a weight loss intervention with six young people um, that were morbidly obese, all of them. And one of the things that was very clear um, for several of them was that their compliance um, with the program was almost in spite of their family's attitude. And they were they were teenagers, so they were old enough to kind of uh, you know you make use of that oppositional nature of of an adolescent um, that they were they were old enough to say well you know just because my parent won't make this change i'm going to make it anyways right. and and there were actually you know there were records of, of statements being made by the parents of well i'm not going to change how i eat so i won't do that for my child and it it really does you know it's this snowball and i i don't want to get into blaming but just that we really have to start with everyone and right. it it almost needs to be a family compliance study instead of a you know just the the child well there's so many simple things that can be done the problem is there's so many misconceptions for example yes. bottled water is better than tap water no it's not mm-hmm. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. unless you want to add sodium bicarb to it to get it alkaline it's acid and it's mm-hmm. going to contribute to weight gain um, mm-hmm. so just little things like that. Now, I will tell you that we had our group meeting at the beginning of the study. There was a dietitian there that went over diet material with the children. There was a physical therapist there that went over exercise. And then the second meeting we had, we had a bodybuilder there mm-hmm. to talk about ways that they could exercise in their home, not being outside, but simply in the home, taking um, two milk bottles, for example, or mm-hmm. still water bottles or anything, and mm-hmm. lifting it up above their heads to their belly and then down and just doing that repetitively ten times a day. Mm-hmm. You know, simple things, um, mm-hmm. but they they weren't they didn't take advantage of it. Right. We did have Saturday walk routines, and we had uh, members of my uh, staff and and uh, the people that supported me, like the McGoffs and and all. They they took these kids on walks down the Greenbelt, where my office is right by a Greenbelt, and so they could walk a mile and a half and a mile and a half back, or a total of mm-hmm. three miles on the Greenbelt. We provided mm-hmm. them with pedometers, and unfortunately, that didn't work out. They could num- For about three or four weeks, we had good compliance with monitoring the steps they took per day. Some of them took as many as 3,000 steps a day on the pedometer. So they record, mm-hmm. they'd start at zero in the morning and then record what it was when they went to bed. The problem mm-hmm. was the pedometers were, were, would break. If they dropped them, <laughs> that was it. And I know that because I had one, and the first time it fell off my belt, it was gone. Mm-hmm. So that didn't work out the way I wanted it to, but we needed to have some way of monitoring the amount of exercise they were getting, and we thought that would work. But, mm-hmm. And the other problem was many of these families didn't have scales. I can't mm-hmm. emphasize how much taking a morning weight and an evening weight is. 
because determining what you eat determines what weight you gain. Um, I'll give you an example. I made fresh stuffed peppers from my garden last night for dinner, mm-hmm. and I lost two pounds from yesterday evening mm-hmm. with just eating stuffed peppers. You know, and it had beef in it, and it had tomatoes, and it had rice, white rice. Now, when I was in the Navy, I'll tell you this. We had a thing called a no-white diet, okay? If it was white and you wanted to lose weight, you wouldn't lose weight by eating white food. And we talked about white pasta, white rice, white bread, and white milk. And if you avoid those things and eat brown rice, wheat bread, wheat pasta, that has a much lower glycemic index, and so it's going to help you keep your weight under control. Uh, but again, these families without scales, they couldn't take advantage of that feedback. I mean, that's immediate feedback every day that you get. And I would encourage your viewers, to uh, listeners, to, to buy a scale. And now you can get a scale off the Internet that does body, percent body fat and percent muscle mass for less than $50, mm-hmm. you know. And that's important. You have to be barefoot and nude when you do it morning and evening. And that will give you an indication of how your body fat changes day to day and your muscle mass increases with exercise. It's an incentive program, and it's feedback for you. Mm -hmm. And I would encourage them to do that. And, you know, I think um, for children especially, the more immediate the feedback to something they do, the more likely they'll do it again because they, they don't really have the capacity to think in terms of long-term or right. uh, delaying um, feedback or delaying gratification, they're still learning those skills and their brain's still developing. And so the, the more immediate we can get, like a pedometer to say, oh, right. I did this many steps right. or a scale that says I weigh this much really is we helpful had in, to them. We had incentives. We had um, T-shirts um, with the phrase, you know, we are changing the health of a generation on the back of it. Mm-hmm. And the Zuma uh, logo on the front, uh, mm-hmm. they all got a T-shirt. Um, they got a keychain, a Zuma keychain, and a Zuma mm-hmm. bracelet if, if they had completed a certain amount of, of time and work. And mm-hmm. the winners, the two top weight lo- losers, received um, a tablet, a $100 uh, tablet and a $69. The, the big one was a 7-inch and the smaller one was a 4-inch tablet. Mm-hmm. So... They were good prizes, and they had something to work for, but that just didn't, it didn't, um, you know, we had them fill out cards about what they would like if they succeeded in being the, the biggest loser. What would they like as a gift? And they most of them put down tablets. <laughs> so that's a big thing yeah. now. Yeah. But, uh, well, Dr. Moran, you know, I want to thank you for sharing kind of the, the interventions and, and the results of the study that you did. Uh, I think... I'd like to also hear about you um, and your journey because you came to this not only from the fact that you are a loving and dedicated pediatrician, but also because of your own health. Right. In 2003, I had a stroke. We had gotten back from the uh, um, Kentucky Derby. I stepped out of my car and immediately the entire right side of my body from the top of my head to my foot on the right had pins and needles. And I'd been having that intermittently in my right upper lip and just ignored it, okay? And one thing I would say to people, don't ignore signs that aren't normal, <laughs> you know, because I went six months before the full-blown stroke hit. Luckily, it was a sensory stroke. It was my uh, left thalamus 
uh, it's called a lacunar infarct, the left thalamus. And, you know, I had it on a Sunday, and I called the ER, and they got the neurologist on the phone, and he said, well, have, do you have any, have you taken any aspirin? I said, yeah, that's the first thing I did. And he said, well, you need to come in, you know. I said, well, it's easing off now, and I, I can't come in tomorrow because I've got patients, and I, actually I'm off on Wednesday morning. Could I come in Wednesday morning? Well, uh, I can just imagine the reaction of that neurologist at that point. Oh, I know, I know. Well, (laughs) you know, uh, patients come first. (laughs) You you are a physician, I know. (laughs) Yeah, and so I thought I was okay, you know. But then then two days later, I couldn't get my wallet out of my pocket and had trouble buttoning my shirt. And I said, "Uh uh-oh, this is serious. Ended up in the hospital for three days on Coumadin and... um, and switched over to Plavix, and I was on Plavix for two years, and eventually I'm now just on aspirin. I've had no recurrence whatsoever. But obviously I was concerned about my health. I will tell you, I am uninsurable. (laughs) No one would give me life insurance. And unfortunately I had a plan that was not a whole life policy. It was a term policy, and the term ran out uh, a year after the stroke, and there was just no getting any type of insurance after that point. Um, When I began on Zuma, Ten weeks into the program, I had noticed that my blood pressure kept dropping, you know. And so the first thing I did, I was on two blood pressure medications. I was on a fluid pill, hydrochlorothiazide, and I was on lisinopril, 20 milligrams of lisinopril. And so I dropped the chlorothiazide, and my blood pressure still was down. Um, And then I cut the lisinopril in half, and it was still down, and then I eventually stopped the lisinopril. Um, in addition, I was on uh, prostatin for elevated cholesterol, and I was on gemfibrozil for elevated triglycerides. My triglycerides in '09, for example, were 250. Uh, in 2012, they were 106, and after being on Zuma for 10, 10 weeks, well, actually, this was done in uh, August, the blood work, my, and starting the Zuma in April, my uh, triglycerides were 62. So needless to say, I'm not taking the gym for Brazil. My cholesterol went from 153 uh, in 09 to 168 in 12, 2012. And on the product for 10 weeks, 12, 12 weeks, I dropped down to 132 cholesterol. Mm-hmm. So I stopped taking the Prevostatin. <laughs> mm-hmm. My BUN last year was 24. This year it was 20. It was 13. So that's significantly mm-hmm. lower. I was on the edge of dehydration before. Um, my LDL cholesterol, which is the bad stuff, was okay. It was 102 in 2012, dropped to 80. Uh, my um, hemoglobin A1C peaked at 6.1 in 2012, and I, my physician put me on metformin uh, because my fasting blood sugar was elevated. Um, it was 142 fasting, and it should be less than 100 or 100 or less. Mm-hmm. Um, after the the three months of the Zuma product, my fasting blood sugar was 100, and so it, and my hemoglobin A1C had dropped to 5.6, which is normal, mm-hmm. and so I actually stopped the stopped the uh, the prevostatin and the gemfibrozil and started to lower the metformin, and I was able to get completely off metformin uh, and have fasting blood sugars in the 100 to 105 range. Now, here's the problem. Stress. Okay. <laughs> this was a stressful but, summer for me, right, and I, right. I've had to go back on my blood pressure medicine, and in uh, in smaller amounts, I'm not taking the fluid pills at all, and the metformin I've had to restart because my blood, fasting blood sugar under stress went up to 145. 
so I would stress to people that it's not only what you eat and how much exercise you do as far as your blood studies are concerned. It's also stress is a very important part of um, health. And stress causes inflammation, and inflammation causes high blood pressure, and it causes uh, elevated blood sugars and the whole bit. Dr. Moran, I really want to thank you. We're about at the close of this, and I think that last statement that you just made is so crucial. So, uh, you know, here's my challenge to all of our listeners, is you take this information that you just received here today, and you put it on yourself. You apply it to yourself. I want to hear from you. There's a blog out there that has a challenge for you. I gave it to you two weeks ago. I want to hear from you as to how you're responding to that challenge of what change will you make to improve improve your health. Thank you for listening today. Go out there, make it a great day. You truly deserve it. Thanks again for joining us for What Matters. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll help you continue to make a difference next week.